Let's turn again in our Bible. Chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And the verse number 31. Matthew 6 and the chapter number 31. Let us again hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we eat? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Amen. Let us, as we come before God's Word, to seek Him in prayer. O Lord our God, this being the very pinnacle of worship, that we would open up Thy Word and seek to mine the depths thereof. O Lord, we know not the length and breadth and depth of Thy Word. We sound the depths and it has no bottom. It is so rich and so instructive to us. O Lord, we would ask that You would open up Thy Word to us, that by Thy Holy Spirit You would impart to us the wisdom, impart to us the grace and mercy and love that You have for every sinner here today. O Lord, may we be seekers in this new year, pursuing, seeking, striving after Lord, we come trembling before Thy Word. Lord, I'm just a, a, a layman, but I pray today that You'd make me Thine evangelist. Oh Lord, that I would sound forth Thy praise with my lips. And oh Lord, if there be anyone here today that is yet unsaved, that that knows not Jesus Christ as their Savior. Oh Lord, let me not be a hindrance to the Gospel, but Lord, that I can take comfort knowing that it is Thy work, that it is the work of the Holy Spirit that saves, that regenerates the soul. And so Lord, I rest on Thee knowing that it is by the Holy Spirit It is by the power of the gospel unto salvation. And so, Lord, give people ears to hear. Give people the eyes to see, Lord. Soften hearts. You know the needs here today. You know that we're standing on the threshold of a year. If we were to look back, Lord, we would see times of trouble, perilous times in which we live. And so what does this year ahead have for us? May it be that it, it would be a year that we would seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. 
And so, Lord, you know the needs here today, even the need of this pulpit. Oh, Lord, you've, you've given us a building. Lord, you've given us a, a faithful remnant. And so, Lord, give to us a man of God to come and preach thy word here. Oh, Lord, call him even now. Stir him up to come. And that it would be clear to that man of God, anointed of thee to preach the gospel, that he would come to Cloverdale to sound forth the saving grace of Jesus Christ and salvation in him. Oh, Lord, come. Come even now as we come to preach from thy word, asking all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this, the year of our Lord, 2023, I'd like to draw your attention to Matthew 6 and the verse 33, where it says there, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We return here to the, the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus preaching Jesus has cautioned us throughout this chapter against anxiety over our temporal earthly needs. Those anxieties about food, of water, of, of, of clothing, yea, even our own life. Verse 32 says, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. See, Jesus is preaching tenderly teaching us to not look upon tomorrow or the year ahead with foreboding. Verse 34 says, Therefore, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. That therefore speaks of the sovereign King of heaven, saying, Because you know all these things that I will take care of you, therefore take no thought have no sense of foreboding for the year ahead. When Jesus says, take no thought, he's not saying to us, of course, to, to be idle in the year to come, to be slothful, to be foolish with our time. For Proverbs 19, verse 15 says this, Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. 1 Timothy 5, verse 8 says, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, the faith and is worse than an infidel. In this year ahead, may it be that we work. We work as unto the Lord. We know that idleness breeds mischief. We know as we look even at the wonderful common grace laid out upon our nation, that that Protestant work ethic has forged and shaped this great nation. And may we cling even to that work ethic. When Jesus says, take no thought, he's not saying, child, look ahead with foreboding. But he's saying, rather, look ahead with foresight. And what do we mean by foresight? But it's, it's a manifold vision that looks ahead with biblical wisdom, with prudence, and with discernment for the times in which we live. And then, having seen the times in which we live, lifts our eyes to the holy hill from whence our help comes. 
we can from that stand, stare down the evil day. Those, the Marxists, and, and to use Karl Marx's words, the useful idiots. The true church must be strengthened for the days ahead. For we see that there is a judgment day a-coming. And so we must continue steadfastly working unto the Lord. But with this, this manifold vision that I'm speaking of, it has a focal point. And some of you might recall with a, with a mag light how as you turn the, the, the head of the flashlight, it focuses in the beam. Children, you might know what I mean as that beam is focused into its focal point. When Jesus says, take no thought, he is saying, child, do not look ahead with foreboding, but rather look ahead with foresight. Look instead unto Jesus Christ. Look unto the fulfillment of Almighty God's promise. Look unto the fullness of salvation in Jesus Christ. Look unto that, unto that future day of the fullness of salvation dwelling in the presence of the true and living God. He is our hope, that is Jesus, and He is our glory hereafter. And so it is as we look unto Jesus and seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You see from the very first word of verse 33, Jesus turns from preaching this caution and he begins preaching the command. From caution to command. He says in Matthew 6.33, But. This is saying, But not as the heathens do. Not as the unbeliever. Not as the pagan. Not as the cultural Marxist. Not as the heathen do. But you, dear Christian, you, the one that's been regenerated, the one that has been born from above, but you... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, all, this, all the things you may worry about in the year to come, all the anxieties that might plague you, these things shall be added unto you, all that you require by God's sovereign wisdom. See, today, to bring to you this sermon entitled, Ye Seekers, and the following outline Simply regeneration and responsibility. Speaking of regeneration, there is this, this Latin term called ordo salutis, and it simply means the order of salvation. And you might think, well, what, what does this matter? What, what, what does doctrine matter? What does the order of salvation matter? As we grow in wisdom and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it only deepens and strengthens us for the day ahead. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. This statement alone, this command from the Lord, when presented to an unregenerate sinner, if you're here today and you know not the Lord and you hear this, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, what is that to you? If your soul is unregenerate, this is nothing but foolishness to you. Why would you come to... Why would you sing praise to God? Why would you accept that invitation to come to the house of the Lord? You need to be born again. You need a regenerate heart to seek first the kingdom of God. In fact, the unbeliever 
To the unbeliever, this is all foolishness. The the people that you invite and, and it grieves you that they don't come, they might be willfully willfully blinded and we must respond with grace and with prayer and with that importunity of seeking still to 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 invite them in we know that from our own testimonies friends that we like that our, our soul was cold to the things of god wasn't it we in our total depravity as calvin said we are we're, we're too busy worshiping worshiping even the state looking to the state to 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 be our 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 savior as that if that is you my friend then i pray that your heart would be softened here today i pray that you'd have eyes to see ears to hear and hearts that are that are warm soft and open to the gospel we must beware of of, uh, of a false seeking. If you're here today for sentimental reasons or for some sort of... Uh, uh, you want to start the new year on the right foot. If it's all self-generated, then it is false. If it's sentimental or if it's works-based, if you come to church, you'll have a reward uh, in, the, in a worldly way. This is a counterfeit seeking. We must beware of this. Because in Romans 3, verse 10, it says this. Romans 3, verse 10. Let's turn to Romans 3. It's wonderful to also see and hear the Word of God. Romans 3, in the verse 10. This is an example of what I'm trying to say. This is the unregenerate heart described Romans 3, verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we knowing that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Verse 11 says, as you see there, there is none that seeketh after God. The unbeliever does not know the way of peace. I remember as a, as a young man seeing the Christian life lived out, witnessed unto me by my grandparents. And I remember looking at their life and there was something in me that, that wanted to live in that pious way. And yet... My heart was unregenerate. It was cold to the things of God. I wanted the shadow of the thing and not the substance thereof. And so it is that none seeketh after God. The unbeliever does not know the way of peace, says verse 17, nor the fear of God, we see in verse 18. 
The unbeliever lacks the, the prerequisite for seeking the kingdom. The unbeliever lacks the prerequisite for seeking the kingdom. And this, that, that prerequisite, friends, is regeneration. That's the prerequisite to seeking the kingdom. That's what I want to focus on today. Few words in the Greek, in the New Testament, are more important than palingenesia. It means new birth, renewal, restoration, or regeneration. It's a comprehensive term for the work of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us and sanctifies us to be members in Christ. It applies to us that which we have in Christ, namely the washing away of our sins and the daily renewing of our lives. That, as you can tell, I've read in Heritage Bible. It's a, a very big help to me. We see here from this term regeneration that the Holy Spirit must quicken a soul to life, enabling that soul to seek. You see, the Holy Spirit quickens a soul to life. It takes that dead soul, dead in its sins, and quickens it unto life, enabling that soul to seek giving the gift of repentance, and as we stand guilty before Almighty God under the crushing weight of the Ten Commandments, we see, we see that there is a blessing unsearchable by which with the hand of faith we, can, we are enabled to reach out and take hold of salvation in Jesus Christ. That regenerate heart, that work of the Spirit is the thing that enables us to reach out in faith. And so it is, friends, if the Lord is seeking, striving with you, then by the hand of faith, if you know the voice of your Savior, take His hand here on the first day of 2023. The Holy Spirit must quicken us, taking hold, that we could take hold of the outstretched hand of Jesus Christ. This is why as we turn to John 3, this is why Jesus said, ye must be born again. John chapter 3, there it says, we will see within this passage how a soul must be regenerated as a prerequisite of seeking. John chapter 3 and the verse 3. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Those are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, saying, ye must be born again. He is stating this prerequisite that we must be regenerated so that our heart of flesh becomes a heart of spirit. This is the need of the day. Regeneration has to do both with how the Christian life begins and how it develops. That work of the Spirit does not stop with the regeneration of our souls, but it sanctifies us. It washes us. 
It works in tandem with the Word of God as it cleanses and instructs. In God's appointed time and in His appointed way, the Holy Spirit begins to work in us, quickening the heart, enlightening the mind, renewing the will, instilling in us they are offensive to a holy God and instilled in us is a new hunger for righteousness, drawing us to Christ, enabling us to use that hand of faith to receive the salvation offered to us in the gospel. This passage, this passage from death unto life is called the new birth. It manifests itself as the transition from unbelief to faith in Christ. It is that ship that is sailing in a direction and absolutely turns its course. It was once heading down the path of destruction and by the Spirit of God, it turns to a new course, following after the paths and the way of righteousness, which is peace with God. We must see though, however, that we, to to reinforce this, We do not believe our way into the new birth. That is backwards. The new birth precedes belief. Do you see that? It's all of God. We are born again to faith in Christ as the first fruits of His grace at work in us. When Christ says you must be born again, He's showing us our need. He is not telling us how to meet it. He's showing us our need here today. This is not a message that is for generations past. This is a message for you here today, for this generation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's the gospel command. But you need a new heart to hear it. You need to be born again to hear the words and to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Those who are born again believe in Christ alone for salvation, and they're saved. And so, unbeliever, I want to say to you today, look unto the cross today. Look unto Jesus today and to Him crucified. So we see here that, that Jesus satisfied the wrath of the holy and just God of heaven upon the cross for your sins and for mine. We can look upon Jesus with the spiritual sight of faith. We need to turn from our sin, which is to repent and to trust in Jesus Christ. So I, have, I have one job here this morning, and that is to lift up the name of Jesus Christ to you. To lift up that name of Jesus Christ as in John 3.14 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. Beloved, it's only by God's grace, it's only by His grace that we seek after the kingdom of God. Because He, He first loved us. He first loved us. And He firstly sought us.
Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man is come. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh, Christian, we were pursued. We were purchased. Blood-bought at the cross. We were once lost. And now we're found. We've been given a new heart, mind, a new will to seek after Him. And as we discuss this, this pursuit, this seeking after God, we've been led to that ordo salutis, that order of salvation. We've discussed regeneration and really how we become seekers of God. And so what in all of this is the Christian's responsibility? What is What is our responsibility within regeneration? I might have said before, but when when Charles Spurgeon was asked that question, what is, is there a tension between the sovereignty of God, his, His regenerating of the heart, and the responsibility of the Christian? Spurgeon replied to that question, there is no need of reconciliation with friends. These things are harmonious, but it is all of God even the responsibility of man. So just as humans be, as human beings begin their life as a tiny infant who must develop and grow in maturity into adulthood, so the new birth is only the beginning of a long process. The process is the on, ongoing regeneration or as the theologians call it, progressive sanctification. That growing in grace, growing in holiness. May that be the story of of our lives this year. Increasingly, that that old man of sin, that, that, that old sinful nature is, as the Bible says, mortified, put to death. And the new man in Christ is, is quickened and brought to life and enabled to bear fruit. As a result of this new birth, The believer can cooperate in his sanctification, working out the salvation that God is working in him. We're told in Philippians 2, 12, and 13, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see there, friends, it's all of God, the responsibility and the regeneration. We are to work out what he is working in us. It's a wonderful thing to be enabled of God and being responsible to strive to bear fruit. Luke 13.24 says, Strive, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. I wonder, is he, is, was he not saying that many people will... Is he, Is he saying that many people will sincerely desire salvation in this life but somehow be excluded? Will will there be many that presume upon God's mercy while refusing to repent, says verse 26 to 27? Will they find themselves unable to enter into that straight gate? Friends, this this is a sober thought. But I remember sharing the gospel with a family friend on, on his deathbed. And he says, oh yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. But I'm no sinner. I, I, I won't repent of my sin. I lived my life 
and I have no regrets. When I sang a hymn at his graveside, it was one of the most empty feelings I've ever had in my life because I felt like a phony singing about a man that would be, uh, I forget the hymn just now, but I felt like a phony singing a hymn at a graveside of a man who wouldn't repent as though he was going on to glory. What an empty feeling. I felt sick about it. Friends, if you don't repent, if you don't, if you don't turn the ship around by the power of God, then there is no salvation in Jesus Christ. You must repent and believe. You must turn from your sin and trust in Jesus Christ. For that family friend, the refusal to repent, was it, it's, a, it's a deal breaker. And it's a heartbreaker. We are, by the grace of God, sinners. We're also enabled to call upon Him. Enabled to forsake our wickedness. Able, enabled to, to forsake wicked thoughts. Even the backslider. Oh, the one that's walked away from God. He is enabled by the grace of God to return to His Father. The very worst of sinners. As the Apostle Paul said, the chief of sinners. The very worst of sinners is able to repent of their sins and trust in Jesus Christ. He is that compassionate Savior. Yea, an empathetic Savior that suffered as well. He knows he knows the sufferings, and He is your compassionate Savior. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and He will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. Not just pardon, but He will abundantly pardon. That is to say, He won't forgive your sins and then bring them up another time. Oh yeah, but remember when. No, He abundantly pardons, which is to say that it is though you never sinned. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, it is washed clean. Oh friends, what a thing to be abundantly pardoned here today. Are you abundantly pardoned? Are your sins so many? Are they way now? As you look and say, I've not lived for God. In fact, I've hated Him. I am his enemy because I have no love. He is not my master. You're able to seek the Lord here today. If he's striving with you, come. Seekers, they're also enabled to come boldly before the throne of grace. Oh, this is seeking. This is the nature of seeking. And praise God, it is an emphasis in this church. Prayer. And supplication. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Friends, these are all synonyms for seeking God in prayer and with supplication. Each is more intensive than the last. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. God is honored and glorified when you come in faith to ask, crying out to our merciful and gracious Lord with a humble heart, with a repentant heart, and saying, Lord, save me a sinner that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
in our time of need. When the Lord showed us an example of prayer in Matthew 6, 11, he said, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He wants us to come asking. And friend, if you're here today and, you're, and you know not the Lord Jesus, come asking. Saying, Lord, what is this good news? Meet with me. Come, come asking. Come asking. And then also we are to, to seek that we shall find. These are the prayers of one who's been meditating over the word. The one that's come to church and is sitting under the preaching. Prayers that are Christ-exalting. Prayers that are Christ-magnifying, Christ-rejoicing. They're tear-stained prayers. Meeting with the God of heaven, seeking His presence, His nearness and His help. Prayers to know Him, to, to abide with Him, to have joy in Him. Prayers to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not our own, but His by prayer and by supplication, seeking after God, seeking and seeking to find Him, having an expectation to meet with the God of heaven, even here this morning. Did you come expectant, seeking in your heart, friends? Did you come to say, Lord, Lord, I want to hear from you today. I need to hear from you today. Meet with us that we would seek and find and behold thy glorious face to cry out saying, Our Father who, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in earth as it is in heaven. Seeking prayers, asking prayers. But friends, I wonder, have you ever had knocking prayers? Knock and it shall be opened unto you. These are these are prayers. This is, this is seeking first the kingdom. Final hour prayers. These are prayers that you're wrestling with God. You're saying, Lord, the knowledge of thyself. Regenerate my heart, O Lord. You're reading scripture back to God prayers. These are, these are all night. School, free Presbyterian, Paisley-esque prayers. Knocking. Prayers for revival. Prayers that are, are they're knocking down the door prayers. They're prayers that saying, Lord, I will not let thee go prayers. These are prayers when, you, when, you're, when you're coming to preach. Prayers when you're coming to hear the preaching and you need his help. That's the kind of prayers that knocking prayers are. They're prayers for cancer treatment. They're prayers. from the pulpit. Prayers that your, your mother and your father and your sister would come and be saved, would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and have their soul regenerate so that they could go forward not to the paths of righteousness but the paths unto life and life eternal in Jesus Christ. Prayers to say, save my prodigal son. Knocking prayers that say, save his life, save her soul, save our country, O Lord. As we knock and knock, aligning our prayers to thy perfect will, O God, knocking, saying, O Lord, let me in. Let me into my Father's estate. That is my home. This world is passing. This world, and I'm just, I'm just passing through. Lord, I want, I want to know that my family, 
are going to heaven, into my Father's estate. All these are Trinitarian prayers. Prayers to the Father. Prayers to, uh, through the Holy Spirit by the Lord Jesus Christ. Tr- Trinitarian prayers. And then you know what? After you're done knocking and you've been seeking and you've been asking, you know what you do is you, you, you stamp the emblem of, of the cross like a waxen seal upon that and you send it off to heaven in your prayers and in your supplications. And then you, after that, after you've sent that off to the throne of grace, you pray again with persistence, with importunity, with a, with a reverent resolve to continue asking, to continue seeking, to continue knocking upon the door, saying, Lord, thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power and the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Knocking prayers. That's what this congregation was built upon. That's what this, that's what this whole free Presbyterian ministry was built upon, friends. Asking, seeking prayers. There's stories of all night prayer meetings that went on and on, led by the Spirit. Oh, do we have that same fervent passion for the house of God today? Do we have that same prayer that goes on in its persistence saying, Lord, oh Lord, build this church. Oh Lord, bring a man. Oh Lord, save my son. Oh Lord, we need the help every hour. That's the kind of prayers that we need going into this wicked day. That's the thing that, that wins the day, friends. We have the weapon of prayer. We do not fight as the, as the world fights. We fight with the arm of God. When Jesus said, you must be born again, that's the need of your eternal soul to transition from unbelief to faith. And so, and so, said all this, the gospel message is this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Says Acts 16, verse 31, repent ye, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what the Lord said when he walked out of the wilderness. Repent ye, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Are there any seekers here among us today? Are there any seekers watching in? I wonder if you know the urgency. I wonder if you know the absolute critical... Because in Isaiah 55, as we read earlier, it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. The Lord... The salvation in the Lord Jesus is here today. While it may be found, while it is near, call ye upon him today. Call in faith and and put off all cultural, um, uh, anything that would hinder you. Listen, this meeting or not, if there's a soul here today that is yet unsaved, then I even now call out to him. Say, Lord, save me a sinner. Oh, your grace and mercy is sufficient for me. Your grace is greater than my sin. That cross of Calvary that you set your face as a flint and walk towards for me, for to save a sinner like me. I want to say as Isaiah 55, 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And what will the Lord do? He will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. This is for every man and woman here today, every boy and girl. 
I wonder to the children here today, there is a wonderful mantle uh, passed on to you from your family. If you're privileged enough to be in a Christian household, here is the mantle of Christian living, and it is the robe of righteousness in Jesus Christ. Here is the mantle, O child, put on the mantle, and may it be as the psalmist said in 24.6, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. O children here today, is this the generation of them that seek him, seek after the face of God, forsaking wickedness, and say, no, I'm pressing on with the master My king is Jesus Christ, and with him will I go on. If if Jesus is seeking with you, pleading for your soul, and you hear, if you're the sheep that knows the voice of your shepherd, I'll come to him today and follow him. He is no hireling shepherd. He will not leave you in the time of He is a friend unto us today. Oh, friend, come. Come asking. Come seeking. Come knocking. Salvation is here. Salvation is of the Lord. And as we turn to our hymnals, to the hymn number 298. 298. Two hundred ninety-eight. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Shall we stand to sing this wonderful hymn? May we sing it with zeal to the Lord.
let's stay standing as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for meeting with us here today. All glory be to thee, O God. We thank you, Lord, that you are immutable, unchangeable in your perfection, unchangeable in your promises, unchanging in your promises and purposes to man. Lord, we thank you that we can stand there, resting there in this year to come. May it be, Lord, that we have a pure religion. And Lord, even when we meet tonight, Lord, stir up the people to come that they would hear even of this pure religion. Lord, we are so grateful that so many here today would know what it is to have abundant pardon in Thee. O oh Lord, that that crown would be on the brow of each one here today, that none leave here without searching their soul and saying, Oh, I'm a needy sinner in need of a mighty Savior. Oh, Lord, this is our prayer here today. May it be so. Lord, as we depart, depart us in blessing. Thank you for thy Christian Sabbath. Thank you for the time of rest and refreshment to our souls in the wonderful fellowship that we enjoy as Christians. And also, Lord, in that wonderful knowledge that we have that you are ours. Oh, Lord, thank you. Meet with us again this evening. Be ever so near to us, to each and every one that could be here and those that could not, as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.